Cystic fibrosis can be a devastating diagnosis, but living with the disease can bring positivity and a new appreciation for each day. From the Bonnell Foundation in Detroit, Michigan, it's the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. Nothing on the Bonnell Foundation Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast should be considered medical advice. Medical advice can only come from your CF physician. Here's your host, Laura Bonnell. So we're talking to Dylan Mortimer, and you are now living in New York. You're an artist. Mm-hmm. And we actually met through your artwork that I saw on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. I love your art. It's beautiful. Why don't you you. tell us about you? Tell us um, when you were born and how your parents diagnosed you. I was born in 1979 and was diagnosed at three months with failure to thrive. They weren't able to say cystic fibrosis. Till, I don't know, another month or so. That's when I was born. My parents kind of did treatments on me from being a baby. They were really faithful with doing treatments and bringing me to appointments, really well managed care. I mean, I was blessed to not really have to do inpatient stays till high school, really. You know, I did a couple, you know, home IV tune ups before then. But yeah, that's when, you know, I was able to, for the most part, stay out of the hospital till then. So you're diagnosed. Did your parents have any idea that you had cystic fibrosis or was this, were you the first born child? The first. Yeah, okay. I was the first. I have a younger brother that has it as well. You know, I was uh, the surprise in regard to cystic fibrosis. And then did they find out like us, we fit into the Ashkenazi Jewish and the Irish Catholic heritage? Was it, mm-hmm. did they trace it back? Does anyone else in the family have CF? Did you find out things well, once you were diagnosed? Uh, no. My mom was diagnosed with CF at nearly 60. Uh, so she just had, you know, such a mild form of it that she didn't know all that time. I had no idea. So your mom has cystic fibrosis. Yeah. Um, again, it was not diagnosed until, you know, later. She's in her mid-60s now, but yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy. Was she- it is crazy, but so interesting. Mm-hmm. Was she diagnosed then after you were born, or at that point did she know when she she had, had no idea till five years ago, you know, and just had symptoms of coughing and such, and they you know actually did a test. So wow, that's amazing. I've never heard a story like this. I Have know, you? I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's your crazy. story, but it is really crazy. So yeah, yeah. how is your mom handling her diagnosis? After raising uh, you, mm-hmm. yeah, it's heavy, you know, emotionally. But I mean, physically, she's doing well. I mean, her PFKs are in the 90s still, and she's done some rounds of antibiotics here and there. I mean, she's in her mid 60s, having other, you know, physical challenges that that probably are more pressing than the CF is a lot of times. So yeah, she's she's fighting through like we all are. Wow. So. Take us through your life just a little bit. So at what point did you meet your wife and yeah. what and when did you talk about the fact that you had CF? I met her four days before I moved to New York City the first time to do grad school. So we kind of got to know each other long distance um, over the phone. In our second conversation, I, I just told her like, hey, here's, here's the situation. And, you know, some friends had already given her heads up. And so she kind of knew. And her response was, I'm not scared of that. I admire the fight and I want to join in the fight with you. So my response was, um, I'd like to marry you. So so (laughs) that's pretty much, uh, I mean, you know, it was about five months later that I proposed and then later that year we were married. So yeah, 
beyond words, the level of humility and, and just blessed and blown away that I am by her that, you know, that anyone would choose to knowingly step into a battle like that, you know, is, is really outstanding. Outstanding and romantic. And she's mm-hmm. ob- obviously a wonderful woman, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You came back to New York for grad school. Was it art? Right. So that's when I went the first time. This was in 04. And so we stayed through all of grad school at uh, SBA School of Visual Arts and then uh, moved back to Kansas City where we had met. was an artist all the time, but actually was working with the church and preaching sermons and doing all this kind of stuff. And we had two boys. And then uh, I don't know how fast in the story you want me to go, but, but yeah, that's... No, I want to touch on as much as we can, but... Sure. Where you are now is a wonderful place because you're inspiring so many people. But tell me a little, and I want to talk about that also, but tell me a little bit about the journey of getting to where you were when you, you know, got married. How was it growing up? Because it was different 39 years ago. It was very different. Yeah. You know, in my experience, again, I feel really blessed and fortunate that a few times I would go inpatient and, you know, back when they like roomed CF patients together, you know, there'd be my roommate would have been there for three years in the hospital. And then the girl next door was getting a lung transplant at a really young age. I mean, it just, I don't know. It would always put things in perspective of like, you know, how fortunate I am to not be fighting those battles, you know, at 10 years old and, and that kind of thing. And so I, uh, you know, was able, I mean, I really wasn't limited growing up and doing sports and, you know, played basketball until high school and you know, was able to do pretty much anything. You know, around high school, I started focusing more on art anyway. And so, you know, focus kind of shifted there, you know, went through college and then later grad school and kept fighting through rounds of antibiotics and, and things, and um, but stayed pretty stable for, you know, all that time, really. And so you get married and your wife's wonderful and not scared by the disease. But then right. two years ago, you need a lung transplant. And right. how old are mm-hmm. your boys then? They were five and seven. So how was your health at that moment? And how was that whole process with your kids and your wife? It was heavy. You know, I mean, I had just after our second one was born, probably you know about six months to a year after that lung function started to decline slowly and gradually. And, and really, my right lung was, you know, more diseased than the left lung, and that began to kind of close up. So we started having conversations with that uh, around lung transplant for years. And then, you know, it was evaluated, but it was too early, and was able to kind of hold it off for a while, but then just had episodes with um, coughing up blood and just had, you know, multiple episodes and multiple embolizations and through really like a five-month stretch, uh, really wrestled with that. And so that was kind of the thing that, um, you know, I was ambulanced from Kansas City to St. Louis to, to get listed, you know, immediately. So that was heavy for my wife, for my kids, especially tricky with the kids because you kind of, you know, they're going to know some things are going on and you want to talk to them about it, but you also want to keep a positive spirit and just finding that balance of, you know, honesty, but also hope in some of those really dim circumstances is hard. Right. And I know you're positive. It comes across in your Mm -hmm. Facebook posts, your whole personality. I mean, and we are too with the girls. I mean, you have to live life. That's the whole point, right? You do. Right. That's That's right. You wake up, you can breathe again. And then these last two years, 
was it mm-hmm. that you were just diving into your artwork and obviously your family or yeah i mean it just was going full throttle on everything you know i'm feeling the best that i ever felt in my life Those <laughs> transplants. now my family can't keep up with me you know and i'm running races and we're you know wanting to travel every second we can and and go overseas and do all this stuff and make an art like crazy so it was incredible you know and even when they found rejection <clears throat> i was still feeling incredible for you know I don't know, four or five more months. I mean, I just kept, I was still running, still, even at 40% lung function was still running three and four miles. So it's, it's only recently that it's kind of hit me to where it's, it's really tough to go up a flight of stairs now. So that's where you are right now. It's again, difficult. Yeah, I'm at 15% um, oh lung function now. So yeah, uh, so it's really hard. I can do it. I just go real slow. Wow. And, you know, I'm still not on oxygen standing. I'll use it with exercise or, you know, if I have to walk a, a really long way. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, again, on the whole, as I'm sitting, I feel, you know, the best I've felt in most of my life. I mean, so still. So it's when I'm moving that becomes a problem. But. And I've learned a lot from you. Describe your art. I mean, it's beautiful and you get the feel of CF. Mm. You know, from the pink tree to your artwork, mm-hmm. describe mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So this is in the last five years. I was I was hesitant to ever include anything about my house in my art. You know, I just felt contrived or forced or whatever, you know, up until that point. And when, you know, when we started having conversations around lung transplant, it felt, it felt right to bring it in, you know, and it, it just felt honest and it felt, and so I did. And um, the response has been, amazing and, and overwhelming in a good way before i was making artwork about like faith and prayer and, and these kind of things but almost like topically like about the idea of prayer and um this has been to be sure more personal and more my own journey and my own prayers and my own uh wrestling through life and i think people have, have just connected with that in a different way you know in a more emotional way in a more personal way so i started to incorporate you know imagery of bronchial trees and, and such and it just felt right to do and so i kind of went in full throttle with it and then i you know since of it's it's gone other places but it's very influenced by the things that kind of permeate my life now with you know cellular imagery and scars and you know bronchial trees and so there's trees as symbols and so it kind of trees in, in different ways for different things and there's just kind of emanating healthy cells and so it's really kind of envisioning healing, you know, on the whole. Like it's it's trying to express what it feels like to really feel well, you know, for the first time in your life. Uh, also, imagine, you know, yeah, like what it's like to be that way all the time to be fully healed. And so I use shiny materials, usually glitter, in almost everything. There's kind of like a a lot of collage if it's two D or, or the aluminum is with sculpture, lots of glitter on top of glitter on top of glitter. And so I, I used that uh, really, again, before I was even um, thinking about incorporating more in my health, but it just started to make more and more sense as a medium, thinking about the disease of cystic fibrosis and being born with it and sort of the ugliness of it all. And so I describe it as like, it feels like most of your life, you've been trying to sprinkle glitter you know, over a really ugly situation and trying to transform something that's that's really kind of seemingly dirty and, and ugly into something that's beautiful. Uh, I feel that that's sort of the struggle of all CF patients that have been given a really hard hand, a really hard, you know, diagnosis and how do you transform that, your own understanding and for people to see. So that's kind of the struggle of the artwork. So it takes kind of different forms, two-dimensional, three-dimensional, but it's all trying to assemble, you know, 
something hopeful out of seeming hopelessness. And I love it. I have a small piece of yours, but I love yeah. it. It's beautiful. It's re called Regeneration. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. and I totally get <laughs> your work. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, oh, thank you. I mean, like any work, you get a feeling from it. And I get a mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. of hope from the piece that I have. And it's very mm. emotional. And uh, one of my daughters yeah. saw it and she loves it. Of course, she has CF too. Oh, good. So, yeah, yeah. you know, she felt something just walking by it. So it's good. Really, really beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. What do you say to their kids? They're still very young. You know, you're waiting for a second lung transplant. Who knows mm -hmm. how long that will be. Sometimes yeah. it's a long wait. There's so many factors that go into yeah. getting a transplant, especially a second yep. lung. What do I say to, to other CF patients? To other CF patients, where is your mindset right now? Right. I would tell them the same thing I'd want them to tell me. To keep fighting, it is ridiculously hard sometimes, you know, and it's crushing and it feels crushing. And, you know, um, try not to tear up over the phone. <laughs> it is critical to continue to keep fighting and put one foot in front of the other especially in the moments where you just feel like you have no, nothing, um, you have no capacity to do it. And so absolutely draw from whatever source inspires you to get the next foot in front of the other. For me, without a doubt, my family is a tremendous support of, of inspiration. And I fight so much of my fight is thinking about my kids and my wife now. And so that's, that's huge. But even more than that, you know, um, for me, my faith, like, compels me to keep going in the most difficult moments and the idea of you know god loving me more than i could ever understand that it's unconditional it's not based on how well i even fight the disease or not you know? yeah you feel the power of it obviously yeah 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 you do you know and you know so again i, I would just so hope i want somebody to tell me I go, you have more love than you will ever know that's what I need to hear, especially when it's hard to breathe, when it's hard to get upstairs, when my kids are going crazy and I feel like I just can't do it. That, and I'd add, you know, the number of times I've been told that, you know, wouldn't have made it this long or wouldn't have kids or wouldn't, you know, be married and all those things. I mean, we, just, we live to defy odds like that. You know, I feel God has a bigger dream for us than we could ever dream for ourselves. But, you, you know, how can you know if you don't keep fighting? So. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm preaching to myself because it's like, man, it's, uh, it's hard right now, but uh, the fight must go on. So I love that you've made your own journey. I mean, so many people mm -hmm. can get discouraged for much smaller things, but you, mm -hmm. yeah. you just yeah. have to keep going. Yeah. Thank you. And you have the support of the entire CF community and people that are outside yes. the CF community that have learned about yes. you. Yeah. And switching gears a little bit, you know, it's it's real controversial. There's some people who think the new movie, uh, Six Feet Apart, about two people mm -hmm. who fall in love. Any thoughts on that movie? Yeah, I've only seen the trailer. And look, I know why some people are, are getting sad a little bit and this and that. But I'm like, chill out, man. Everybody, like, uh, any movie you can think of that involves some kind of social consciousness about a disease, a group of people uh, can be critiqued and diced and sliced to shred, you know, so I just don't, 
I don't know how helpful that is right now to be overly critical of it. You know, I just go, hey, it's going to bring awareness. I know some people argue, well, not all awareness is good awareness, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely more in the camp of like, I, I don't see really what harm it could do. And it could absolutely bring more awareness to a disease that like we can get cured, you know, like this disease can be history in the, in the near future. So um, why not bring more attention to it? I'm with it. Right. I also looked at the book and in the back of the book, it talks about the um, tribute to people with CF and how they really wanted to make sure that people knew that this was a tribute to people with CF. So I agree. I think mm. they're great mm -hmm. educational people are going to learn something and there's yeah. never, never been a movie that's a hundred percent accurate that I know. Well, of. No. So. Yeah. It's a movie. It's not, it's not real life. That's sort of, the, you know, part of it. Right. I understand the outcry and some of the frustration, but I think uh, it's more helpful to have a perspective of like, hey, we're all in this together. If there's things that be need to be critiqued or nuanced, we can all work on that together, but let's not ostracize some potential help is how I feel. And I think after your lung transplant, you should do a movie about you. <laughs> I mean, I think Thanks. it's a great movie already. So thank you. It is, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, I've had a, a number of people demand that I write something. So um, we'll see. You know, I'm, I mean, my primary forms of, of writing and expression is visual art, as you well know. But yeah, I might need to put it words at some point. So we'll see. Absolutely. And so, do you yeah. work in the church also, or is it strictly your art now? Strictly art now. So I'm right now in my studio in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. This is where I show up to work, which is another, you know, I'm blessed to be alive at all. I'm blessed to breathe at all. And I'm blessed to show up and make art as my job. I mean, it's, uh, that's beyond words for sure. I come in here and, and get to it every day and um, throw glitter and paint and stuff around. So. so you must have glitter on yourself all the time, it seems. A lot of the time. That's yeah, a lot of the time. Don't worry, everybody out there. Uh, I've talked to every pulmonologist about it. They say glitter can't enter the airway. So, you know. Fabulous. <laughs> good to hear. And I know that I don't want to send a picture of me with glitter in my uh, x-rays. <laughs> Very funny and good to know. So how is having CF and getting around in that crazy, wonderful oh, York? Yeah, it is hard. It is really hard. I've been driving, you know, mostly lately because uh, you take the subway still to get to the hospital. It takes about an hour and 10 minutes and it's hard, you know, take an elevator if there's one there. If not, I just go slow up the stairs. So that's hard anyway. In the winter, it's been pretty brutal with, we've gotten really cold temperatures now and wind. That's kind of the hardest part about it. So getting up those subway stairs and wind hitting you, I mean, it's, it's kind of unreal. So I okay. try to, you know, just move as, as slowly as I can and take it one breath at a time. That's all you can do. Do you realize the mark that you've made already in this mm. world and to people mm. all over? I mean, I hope so, but yeah, I just you. wonder if you, do you feel it? I, well, I do a lot of times. I mean, you know, to the question of do I know the full extent, probably not, you know, and I'm glad to inspire any and everybody that I can't absolutely, you know, all to to God's glory. I mean, I'm graced and blessed to be here at all. I'm always receiving and excited to hear anybody saying that, that there's been a positive impact, any hope I can bring to help people in those hopeless times. I mean, that's what we want to do for sure. My kids have not, and, and hopefully, I mean, I hope they don't have to have a lung transplant because as you mm -hmm. know, you're living it. It's, yes. it's a whole nother disease, so to speak. Different you have a whole complication. Right. Yep. Yep. 
So going into a second transplant, Mm -hmm. knowing that there's so much hope on the other side, once you get this done and you've been through it before, I mean, what are your feelings now as you wait um, for that page or call? For sure. You know, and a lot of the feelings are similar to the first time, but, but one different thing that I know now is that I could not have imagined how good it could be on the other side. You know, like I had no way, no framework to imagine like my first time running was across the Sydney Harbor Bridge in Australia, you know, like climbing mountains with my kids and, you know, being able to run races and stuff. I mean, it just, I couldn't have even fathomed that. So now I know that I go into this also a little more well aware of the pain that likely will be involved, but with a sense of like, I don't know all of what I'm going to see on the other side, on the positive side and what I'll be able to do with my kids and how older they'll be and how rich and full it'll be. So yeah. So I'm keeping my eyes on that. Fabulous. I know it depends when the lungs become available, but do they give you, you're just at the mercy of someone's, I mean, it is yeah. a, a tragedy because someone else will yeah. die, but it's a beautiful Absolutely. gift that they'll be giving you. So it could be it's, anywhere from yeah. t- tomorrow to a year. Yeah, it could be any time, you know, and, you know, they're thinking likely a longer wait with me um, because of the, so the issue I had was antibody rejection. So they, they're looking for lungs without these certain antibodies, which rules out like 70% of potential donors. So it could be a while. Or it could be any second. And so, you know, we're just waiting and, and praying and hoping. And, and you're right. It's like simultaneously both a tragedy and a beautiful gift. And such is life. It's a lot like New York City, as you brought up before. It's like simultaneously <laughs> awful and beautiful. You know, like it's all of it. And that's kind of life. You know, there's just so many questions like, why does this have to happen at all? Why was I given this? Why is anybody given this? Why does anybody struggle with cancer or any of these things? And simultaneously, like beauty that you see from angles that maybe you really you couldn't have fully, you know, appreciated if not having overcome struggles like that. It's mind boggling. So you keep the faith, breathe the breath and enjoy the ride. Now, let me ask you about your brother. How's your brother doing? He's doing good. Pretty, pretty stable. And again, some of the Vertex drugs have really helped him stabilize, I think. I was starting to take Orcambi and had for a year and then ended up needing a transplant but uh so it was like a little late for me in terms of longer term stability but um but he's been doing well that's great and i think from my just talking to my kids the hardest part for them is or maybe it's a blessing i'm not sure is that people don't it's a probably a blessing because people don't know but at the same Mm -hmm. time because you can just get on with life unless you're on oxygen and then it's obviously there's something wrong but is that good that you don't have to talk about it unless you want to? Just in terms of like with people in the public or? Right. Mm-hmm. When you're out yeah, in the sure. I mean, yeah, that's everybody's different. I mean, some do and some don't. I mean, it's just, you know, kind of depends on the scenario and the person and the circumstance. What's your next run or your next plan after you have your transplant? Mm, yeah. Well, we haven't made it to Africa yet, so I've been threatening all my kids with, <laughs> we're all going to Africa somewhere. So it's just a, you know, international trip that we've somewhere, you know, likely South Africa, I guess, but uh, 
I've told them for sure, like, hey, remember when I was healthy? We're going to be driving a lot. They're like, okay, we're ready. That's the plan for sure. That's fantastic. So what are you <laughs> what are you working on right now? What piece or pieces? Yeah, you know, so there's a kind of two different pieces on the floor right now. That I'm, there's these jumble of scars and then, you know, similar styles, ones before kind of energy coming out of them and, and you know, these shiny, healthy cells around the, the bottom on this particular one. And then these other ones, scars are kind of dangling like chains, almost like, uh, you know, ropes uh, up and down on this other piece. So, yeah. Just mixing it around in here. And if somebody wants to buy one of your pieces or they want to look at some of your work, where should they go? My website is dylanmortimer.com, D-Y-L-A-N-M-O-R-T-I-M-E-R.com. And there's contact info for me on there. Um, And you can just message me directly and we can have a conversation. There's small pieces, smallest range is around 16 by 12 inches and, and go up to eight feet. And there's sculptural pieces as well. So hit me up. I'd love to to help anybody out. Fantastic. Well, your work is beautiful. So it it would be worth their while for anybody to check it out. Um, Just one last question. If you're, you know, thinking about a role model or someone that inspires you either with CF or not with CF, or maybe it's just a place, what inspires you? And it could be many things, Mm. of course. Man, uh, there are so many people. But I mean, the top of the list for me, not not to like cop out in any religious way, but Jesus, you know, inspires me in every way, both of his person and who he is, everything written about him, everything he did, but him as the, the very idea and essence of like what I was talking about earlier, being loved more than you can fathom, you know, or ever imagine, uh, that's shakes me to the core in every way and never gets old it's it's there's always newness to those realities to me so yeah i keep whether the hardest times or the best times i I keep looking to him to learn like how to be a human being and that's a beautiful thing too because some people do go the other way and start Mm -hmm. blaming Mm -hmm. and um sure sure no no judgment on anyone but it would seem harder to do that you know it's understandable you know and there's certainly times I've done that, but there's there's a better way, I think. And we don't always do the better way, but the better way is, again, yeah, finding hope. And even when it seems like there is none. And so, yeah, he, to me, personifies that hope in every way. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, a bit of your life. And mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's just a small segment, but very interesting uh, to hear about yeah. all you've been doing. And thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Laura. This has been the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. For more information and to learn more about the Bonnell Foundation, check us out online at thebonnellfoundation.org. That's the B-O-N-N-E-L-L foundation.org. Or follow us on social at the Bonnell Foundation.